Amen. Let us pray. Loving God, we do come to you in awe of your great gift of a Savior. And we would learn from you today and from this week what love is. So open our hearts, open our spirits, and speak to us again of the strength and the cost of your amazing love. Amen. This is my commandment, says Jesus in John 15, verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, that's a tall order, to love as Jesus loves. For weeks now here at WHPC, we have followed the disciples in the gospel stories. We have watched Jesus love others while they watched. We have listened to Jesus teach about love as they listened. We have literally looked over the earliest disciples' shoulders, striving to learn Christ-like love as they did. And I pray that it bears fruit in our lives and in our world as it did in theirs. But this morning, let me remind you that for the earliest disciples, Jesus' teaching came to an end. Jesus' gentle actions of love, they came to an end. And Jesus' warnings about hypocrisy, about arrogance, about hard-heartedness, they also came to an end. Yes, for the earliest followers of Jesus, Holy Week arrived. And ready or not, they were plunged into an experience of the love of God so immense, so profound, so tough, that it transformed them and it changed the world. Well, today, ready or not, we plunge into Holy Week as well. This week with Christians all over the world, we reflect upon the depth our God goes for love. This week, love takes on a dimension of toughness that's hard to fathom. Love one another as I have loved you, said Jesus. Then he willingly entered Jerusalem to be arrested and tried and killed. Then he willingly laid his life down for love. Tough love, love that redeems, love that makes all things new. So our Holy Week begins... And we start this morning with two stories, stories of those who were there that week, those who encountered God's love in Jesus. The first comes from the Gospel of Luke, that familiar story of Jesus entering Jerusalem that fateful week. The second story comes from the Gospel of Mark, and it's the story of Jesus anointing by an unknown woman. These two stories bring us the first tough love lesson of Holy Week, the lesson of extravagance. Tough love is extravagant. Have you ever noticed that people who are in love tend to extravagance? I mean, why walk a half hour in the moonlight when you can walk for an hour, right? Why buy a quarter-carat diamond engagement ring when with easy credit and 20% interest, you can buy a two-carat diamond engagement ring? 
Why post one picture of you and your beloved on Facebook when you can put the whole album out there on Facebook? And on and on and on. People in love, they tend toward extravagance. I remember before my husband Al and I were married, he was quite the flower man. <laughs> he would bring me a single red rose every time he picked me up for a date. He's quite a romantic. And for Valentine's Day and anniversaries, nothing less than a dozen roses would do. We've been married 35 years now. <laughs> and well, things change. Things change because I keep telling my husband, what good are a dozen roses when you need money for so many other more important things? But here's the deal. The pragmatic question, what good does it do? That question is laughable to lovers, isn't it? It's the wrong question to ask about moonlit walks or engagement rings or roses. That's why being in love is fun and special. That's why it knows no moderation. It's excessive. Notice that both of our Holy Week stories this morning record extravagant, excessive acts of love. A woman breaks an alabaster jar of perfume, very costly. She pours it all over Jesus. Those watching rebuke her. What possible good can this do, they ask. If you would sell that ointment, you could help the poor. But this, this is a waste. But also notice that Jesus understands the woman's actions. Leave her alone, he tells them. She has done a good thing. Some translations say a beautiful thing. Jesus understands that she acts out of love. Sure, it's extravagant, it's lavish, it doesn't do any good in the long run for the poor or anyone else. But she must do it. She must show her love and devotion to Jesus, and so she does it exuberantly, extravagantly. Jesus' little band of followers becomes a multitude with the pilgrims as they begin to enter Jerusalem. Jesus no longer walks, now he's riding on a donkey. The crowd takes their cloaks, places them on the donkey, places them in the road. They recall the prophetic words, behold, your king is coming. Others scale the palms, they cut branches, they wave them in greeting. Hosanna, they exclaim. It's a parade. It's a ticker tape entry into the capital. Israel's most festive season made more festive by the wild, excessive, exuberant entry of the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This, friends, is not a scene of moderation or control or decorum. No, this is an extravagant display of praise. What good did it do, you might ask? Isn't this the same crowd that a few days later will cry, crucify him? Yet in that moment, nothing held this ex exuberant act of love back. Jesus understood when the Pharisees asked Jesus to silence his disciples, to quiet the display, remember what Jesus said, if they were to be quiet, the very stones themselves would shout praise. So what good does it do? 
A dozen roses, a moonlight walk, an expensive jar of perfume, a ticker tape parade. What possible difference can it make? Well, friends, no difference, really, except for love. The Gospel of John tells us that we love because God first loved us, that all love comes from God, and since true love knows no moderation, since true love is extravagant, these exuberant acts of devotion and praise, they happen, and they cannot and they should not be stopped, according to Jesus. They're expressions of the heart, and they must not be denied. Tough love, love that flows from the heart of God, always has this edge, my friends, this aspect, this touch of extravagance. And nowhere is that more evident than in the events of Holy Week. Think about our two stories. As the poor woman wastes a large amount of precious ointment, as a fickle crowd shouts greetings to Jesus, Jesus is preparing to perform an extravagant act of love as well. Just as palm branches and perfume are poured out and wasted in an excessive act of devotion, our Savior, Jesus, prepares to waste his precious life for the likes of you, for the likes of me. What possible good can this do? What possible good can come from this? They must have asked each other that as they watched Jesus hang on the cross. It doesn't make sense. It's extreme. It's a waste. But with extravagant love and extravagant grace, our God comes to us, comes into our sin, comes into our separation, comes even into our death, and our God in Christ makes things right. That brings me to the last tough love lesson of this series, the special tough love lesson of Holy Week. The last thing these two stories have to teach us, and here it is, while love always tends to extravagance, not every act of extravagant love brings redemption. While love always tends to extravagance, not every extravagant act of love creates holy ground for God's kingdom work. About eight years ago, I attended two immensely extravagant dinner parties in the space of a week. One was held at the Dallas Country Club in the Highland Park area of that city. The other was held in a small village in the Sakata region of Malawi, Africa. The dinner at the Dallas Country Club was the most hands-down, extravagant, lavish affair I have ever attended. And as someone who's done over 100 weddings, I've attended a lot of lavish affairs. This one took the cake. Our host spared no expense food and drink and entertainment. It was glittering. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. He paid for the whole evening, gathering us together out of love for a special ministry to needy children in Dallas. It was a wonderful event, and over a quarter of a million dollars were donated that evening to a great cause. 
Six days later, I found myself in a small village in one of the poorest regions of Malawi, Africa. My church's mission partner had used my church's donation to buy this little village a milk cow, their first milk cow, and she was pregnant. The whole village was so excited, and they were ready to celebrate. They threw a dinner party for our mission team. They wanted to thank us. They wanted to celebrate the pregnancy. So they gathered the entire village. Even people in the village who were outcasts were invited. They cooked. They sang. They had me bless the pregnant cow. That is something they don't teach you in seminary, my friends. And when we sat down to eat at this feast, I have to tell you, there was so little food. So little food. And I also have to tell you, it was literally every bit of food that that village had left from their harvest. The dinner was an extravagant act of love and gratitude, and it cost that village dearly. We sat to eat, and they shared food with everybody, everybody in the village. And as we sat, it was an extravagant act that expressed hope for their future. Hope that the milk from this cow was going to bring income that would bring more food. Hope that this baby cow could then be sold for more income and more food. It was an act of extravagant hope and an act of community empowerment. And though we would have rather not eaten their small amount of food, there was no way we could stop this beautiful, extravagant act of love. Two dinner parties, six days apart, both extravagant, both coming from a place of love, but I wasn't fooled. I knew that the cost, the sacrifice of that village in Malawi was so very high. And I knew that the sacrifice of their extravagance created holy ground. Holy ground for our mission partner, which continued to work in that village. Holy ground for our mission team, because we never saw our ministry with them the same again. And holy ground for God to continue to transform lives in that poor village. Friends, let us not forget the last tough love lesson of Holy Week. Not every act of extravagant love redeems. Not every act of extravagant love has the staying power to transform our world. Just look one last time at our two Holy Week stories. The crowd of Palm Sunday Extravagant in praise and hope, shouting and waving and singing, but their praise cost them nothing. Their hope and adulation, while most likely real and precious in the moment, it required no sacrifice, and it quickly melted in the face of fear and doubt. The woman, 
The woman, on the other hand, extravagant in anointing Jesus, sacrificed a costly possession. She made real, she prefigured the events that were to come, the costly sacrificial death of Jesus. And Jesus said that wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, that what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. And so we've done that today. What she has done has staying power and has transformed Christ followers for generations. The tough love lesson of Holy Week, we worship an extravagant God, extravagant in mercy, extravagant in grace, extravagant in compassion, but more than that, we worship a God of extravagant sacrifice for us, for the world. Sacrifice that saves and transforms. Friends, as we move into Holy Week, I invite you, I challenge you, consider your life and consider how you love. Consider the sacrifice of our Savior laying his life down to make a way for you and me and for this world. Then, and only then, consider your calling. You're calling to love like that. You're calling to love in a way that really costs. You're calling to love in ways that sacrifice your pride, your agenda, your knowledge, your time, even your dreams. That, my friends, is real love. That's tough love. And that's the love we learn from Holy Week. In a few minutes, we will sing a closing hymn. The words were written by Isaac Watts in the 18th century. And I really believe he says this best. He says, were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. May that demand my friends, teach us of extravagant and sacrificial love. Love that lasts, love that makes a difference, love that transforms our world. Amen.